Hey, you guys, the Modern Eater Show. We're in Colorado Springs. I'm Jay Parker in for Greg Hollenbach. I'm here with uh, one of my best friends, Dion Roberts, Rocky Mountain Food Report. We're at Rooster's House of Ramen. We're going to go in there. Show that sign. <laughs> That's where we are. We're going to go in here and talk with our good buddy, Chef Mark Henry. Oh, yeah. Me and Mark go way back. What up? What's up, Mr. Mark Henry? How are you? How's that look? Is that too dark? Are we okay? Can you see us in here, Taylor? Yeah? Okay. I'm hard uh, not to see. I'm pretty wide. <laughs> You're pretty awesome is what you are. And we're going to get to 1350 uh, Distilling in just a second. This is Jake Wayne over here from 1350 Distilling. They're going to make up some cocktails. Mark, give us, you know, uh, you're going to cook for us. If I must. I yes. think I know how. <laughs> Rooster's House of Ramen is where we are. I want to shoot back into the kitchen uh, just right now. And as he's cooking, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what the place is and what you do. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. It's warm in here. I was going to say, nice and warm. Yeah, like that. Cold from being out front, huh? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Looking for the uh, sunspots. Uh, we got some steam. So, uh, Mark, yeah. uh, let's just start with, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your business. I know you have a few more businesses. This isn't the only one. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do down here in the Springs, and then we'll get into what you're cooking. So, I am a uh, retire retired Army vet. Um, went to culinary school as I was transitioning out of the military. Cooked my way through high school, grew up cooking with my mom. Um, she was a cook in the Navy. So just kind of kept in the tradition after getting out of the military, had to figure out how to feed my family and cooking was really the only thing I knew how to do. My military job didn't really translate. Mm -hmm. uh, not a whole lot of freelance killing going on. So uh, <laughs> came into the kitchen and been killing it here ever since. I love it, man. I love it. What about your other restaurants? Yeah, so we've got, uh, this is my flagship, Rooster's House of Ramen, and then uh, we've got Happy Belly Tacos East over on uh, Mark Shuffle and Barnes in the northeast part of town. We've got one on 26th and Colorado Ave on the west side, and we've got Wobbly Olive up at uh, Cinema Point by the uh, IMAX Theater. Wobbly Olive. Yep. That's a, that's a tough one to say. Yeah. You wobble well, in, wobble you, out. You go in there and you drink a bunch of the drinks that my partner Sean Fitzgerald makes, and it's even harder to say. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the dude is an evil genius. You put a bottle in his hand and magic's happening. I love it. What kind of place is that? Uh, like upscale kind of cocktail bar, American. American? Yeah, it's like American bistro style. Um, we have a lot of fun with the food up there. Our chef up there, Justin Edgar, really good guy. Um, he's been there for a long time, has a lot of uh, passion for what he's doing. So really huge like i can't make drinks there because i'm not smart enough to remember all the ones that sean and inez have on the menu um, and then beautiful food to pair with it great place i love it. you have any 1350 distilling in that spot not yet but it's coming it'll be in all the spots here soon it's the only thing i have here at roosters right now love it and you'll find out why here in a little bit when yeah yeah when Jake makes you a drink jake's gonna whip it up yeah. all right what are you cooking man what do we have um so we're gonna do two two ramen bowls one is um our fan favorite our pork belly bowl um, it's pork belly and tonkatsu broth. This here is our house broth. We're still kind of rolling it. We have to keep it going yeah, constantly take, to get it to emulsify. Take a look in there Sounds see what's good. going on. Yeah, so this is full of seafood and meat and vegetables. And um, we don't really waste anything here. So all of our vegetable scraps from all the prep that we do, because it is a scratch kitchen, goes straight in here. And this just, um, this is our mother, so it just rolls non-stop um, we'll take it off strain it hold it and then tonight we'll put it back on with a new batch of uh, 
ingredients in there and just let it keep rolling so it gets super deep. Gee, that's, that's the what's little heating pot. the place up in here. Yeah, that little <laughs> guy, huh? Yeah. What's this? Oh, okay. I thought it was sitting on something. That's, no, it's that's just sitting on four burners, keeping it rolling. Um, so that pork belly bowl is pretty simple. Um, pork belly, our house broth, a little bit of our tonkatsu concentrate, and then we're going to do one of my favorite bowls, which is our chicken tikka masala. Um, it's kind of indicative of what we do around here. I don't know if anybody can tell looking at me on camera as a fat white guy. I've never actually been to Japan. I don't live there. I don't know anything about it. So this is kind of like our fusion uh, ramen. We play off a lot of the Japanese aspects of ramen, but we bring in a lot of flavors that we have learned throughout our careers. And I've got a great team of chefs here that have all been cooking throughout, you know, different disciplines and different cuisines as well. So this is one of my favorite bowls. It's got really big flavors, really cool techniques. Um, I, I like it the best out of all of them. Make it. Yeah, let's do this. Now, I have a pork belly story that uh, I'm not going to tell because it's too is long. It, but is this a fat joke? No, no, no. <laughs> <they'll> no. <laughs> no, this is an actual story about me trying to purchase uh, pork belly but not being smart enough to do so. So, But I'll tell you another time. Can you just walk us through what you're doing and why? Yeah, so I've got a uh, cast iron pan here that's relatively warm. I've got some chicken that we've marinated in a uh, house marinade of yogurt and a bunch of different spices and we're just going to caramelize that up. I'm going to drop some and make a mess because <laughs> that's fun. I'm going to do it again. We're just going to make a mess today. <laughs> Let's not make any food. We'll just make messes. How's that sound? <laughs> we can make friends. One and the same, isn't it? So we're just going to get some nice caramelization on here. Watch your legs. goes with a little bit of uh, potato and carrot and then we've got a really nice um, curry broth you want somewhere over here that's gonna go with that one that's so, a curry broth right there yeah so to make this we uh, we make our own curry powder it's a blend of like 13 or 15 different spices lots of turmeric um, and then we actually make a curry roux so instead of just having like a curry powder we have like these butter cubes of curry and we use that to thicken that broth up a little bit and give it some oh, color there you go so that's a traditional japanese curry roux Woo! Yeah, that's some big that, flavors that smells delicious and yeah. i'm a huge wow. curry fan that, that gets all up in your nose well Not then you're really gonna oh, like this because i'm gonna be honest with you i'll level with you i hate curry do you yeah um i haven't been a fan of indian food like my entire life there is a um, Indian restaurant here in town that I do like quite a bit that I've been going to recently, and they actually inspired this dish. Um, so I just started kind of playing with curries, and I'm really happy with like how this one turned out. So we're just going to caramelize that chicken up a little bit. I'm going to drop some noodles for this one. This bowl comes together very nicely. So when you say you don't like curry, you don't like red, green, any of it, or just like more of the, uh, um, the, the I've just never been a real big fan of like, I think if I was to like go to India or go to Japan and eat curry, I would like it better. But I think sure. one of the, the misnomers of curry here in the States, especially with like unskilled cooks is like curry is synonymous with hot, but it actually isn't. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when they make 
a curry or they make their rendition of a curry, it's like, how hot can we make this? Right. Can I sweat this fat bastard out? <laughs> yeah. But there's not a whole lot of like flavor going on. So one of the things that we wanted to do with this one and why we do it with the yogurt and, and the spice blend that we make is we're trying to layer as many flavors as possible. So we've actually got different seasonings through our tikka masala marinade than we have in our curry roux. So you're gonna get a bunch of different spices, a bunch of different herbs. Um, we hand grind everything, mortar and pestle. We're tasting everything all the time. So this is really indicative of like the flavor profile that we set out to achieve. And it's got big rolling like hills and valleys of flavor. There's a ton of depth in this dish and I'm super proud of this one. I'm with you though, like tikka masala shouldn't be spicy. Um, that's like the dish now in England. Um, it's the national dish and uh, I think there's there's definitely spicier versions for the curry but that's not it so yeah you know I'm it's like try this it's like hot sauce like I love hot sauce but like I don't really eat Tabasco because it's hot I like Frank's Red Hot because it's got some spice to it but it also has acidity it's got salinity like there's depth to it it's Balance, not just yeah. hot for the sake of being hot I feel like a lot of people sit down to eat hot food and it's just like a dick measuring contest like I want the hottest thing I can get like yeah Cool. If you want to be in pain the rest of your night, you have at it. <laughs> I, I want to enjoy this. Yeah. I, 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 I enjoy spicy food, but if I can't enjoy the food because of the heat, then, yeah, that's when, you, you know, it kind of goes too far. Dion, do you get down with curry? I do. I, I love, I mean, really, there's not any food that's off the table for me. I'm an equal opportunist. So, um, but, yeah, I've definitely had quite a bit of curry because, yeah, when I was living in England, that was kind of Indian food was really um, at the forefront. So I got to try some pretty solid cuisine over there. Well, with Rocky Mountain Food Report, uh, you're gonna, around town a lot. We're going to throw down some Damn. pork belly, too, now that that one's almost done. And we'll have a pork belly bowl with it, too. Oh, nice. This is like our fan favorite. Um, pork belly. So we've got 12-hour braised pork belly there that we confit in a little bit of garlic oil and um, some duck fat. Ooh, that smells good, too. I love it. Dion, tell us a little bit, while Mark's putting together this uh, this dish, tell us a little bit about Rocky Mountain Food Report and, and just what you do. So we've been, uh, you know, doing the hard work here for about five and a half years, uh, eating and drinking our way through the Rocky Mountain region. We are based here in Colorado Springs, but it is Colorado-wide, and like I said, we're even kind of putting feels out throughout the mountain range. and. Um, the, the point is to be giving people good information and pertinent food and beverage news. So kind of highlighting, you know, craft cuisine, chefs, and just what's making Colorado's food scene stand out. I love it. Well, so, where, what's your Instagram? Where do people go? So, yeah, you, you can follow me on at uh, Rocky Food Report. And then you can go onto the website, uh, RockyMountainFoodReport.com to see our articles. Um, sometimes we're even we're sharing recipes from chefs, doing some original content, too. So... We're trying to just come at it from all angles and, like I said, just eating and drinking our way through. You're doing a great job because I see a lot of your content and a lot of your pictures I'm jealous of. So that's that's when I know it's good because <laughs> I fancy myself a pretty good picture. Because you're drooling onto your... That's when you, picture when, when the saliva hits the camera, yeah. that's when you know. She does take <laughs> phenomenal pictures. She, <laughs> she takes does. pictures of my food sometimes. I'm like, damn, that looks good. Who made that? <laughs> oh, shit. It doesn't taste as good as it looks. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah, I've been eating Mark's food for many moons. We were just talking about the uh, first time we really met was that I was judging a food competition that he was doing, and, um, you know, we've been cussing at each other ever since. I love <laughs> it. I love it. So you got this, uh, there's pork belly everywhere in here. See, we're having breakfast. Right I don't know that you can ever have too much pork belly, Jay. 
Well, there might be some in the glove box of my truck. <laughs> truth be told. I love it, man. I love it. So where are we at in the stage of this here? So we are starting to plate right now. So we've got our noodles in our bowl here. We're going to add our vegetables. Um, so these are carrots that have been, and potatoes that have been uh, cooked down in a little bit of butter, a little bit of duck fat, and then they've been seasoned with some shiitake mushroom powder. So we're going to throw those in with our noodles. We're going to hit it with our broth here. And then we're going to garnish with our protein. We're going to put those anywhere. And this is one of our more uh, like relatively simple bowls because of the amount of cookery and technique that goes into all the mise en place and the preparation for it. So we're not really going to garnish this one with a whole lot. We're going to walk this over to my garnish station. I'm like, take me with you. That's right. <laughs> and we're going to give it just a little bit of scallion because every bowl needs scallions. How's it going? And then just to punch They're this flavor a up a touch back more, here. I didn't we're going to finish this one with some red pickled cabbage. Got to get those fermented foods in. That's yeah, right. I know. The more I learn about fermented foods, the more I want them. I'm just not crazy about them, to be told. There you have a chicken tikka masala curry ramen bowl. Say it again, chicken what? Chicken tikka masala ramen. Chicken tikka masala. God, that looks beautiful. It does. You guys want to taste? Hell yes. Yeah. Here. Let me do my due diligence here and take a photo or five. Sometimes it's fun to get your little tootsies in there too, you know. Your tootsies? Yeah. <laughs> There's some uh, right. chopsticks for you here. All right. Sweet. We gonna burn our tongues off if we just jump in too fast? Um, it's warm. I would be easy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for a little piece of chicken by itself. You know what I mean? Just yeah, to, I think just that's to, a good bet. Just to get it going here. I think some of this might cool it down just a tad. Let's see here. That's delicious. So while you guys are doing that, I'm going to come back down there. So hang out over there for a minute. All right. It shouldn't be too hard. I know. That I think we'll, delicious. we'll entertain ourselves. Yeah, do that. And what did you do with the potatoes, Mark? They're, uh, we just blanch them in a little bit of our dashi and then um, roast them with some butter and some duck fat. Woo! Some shiitake mushroom powder. Mm-hmm. That is delicious. Absolutely no, I gotta get the noodles, delicious. though. I got that's some the, That's the money shot. Here comes Mark with bowl number two. Yeah, so this one's going to be our chashu or our roasted pork belly. So slow braised pork belly. We're going to hit that with a little bit of garlic confit paste. That's classic. 
Yeah, this is like one of two like original bowls that if we take off the menu, we hear all about it. Finish that with a little bit of scallion right in the center. And then this is like pork Kool-Aid. Pork Kool-Aid. Yeah, this is our tonkatsu concentrate. So this is like, this container that I have in my hand, we make four of these per batch and it takes 60 pounds of pork bones. Oh my wow. goodness. So that's uh, gold, liquid gold. Yeah. And there you have our chasu ramen bowl. Far out. Looks delish. Just like eager over here, like just like. Go ahead, go. <laughs> yeah, my. I, I know I was. No, I'll give it a second taking, too. I taking some pictures here. Um, yeah. Jump in there. You guys want some spoons so you can taste that broth? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I want to get a piece of that pork. Here's your phone. Yeah. And Here, I'll uh, take a couple, too. Got to get the pictures, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here. I, w I need to still get one of these, guys. Have that. Enjoy. All right. Breakfast is covered. Yeah, no kid. Oh, yeah. Do your thing there. Oh yeah, no, you can get you in there. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, get some get some of those. Actually, if you want to pull up the noodles, that's always that's my favorite ramen. Oh, so that's your, see, yeah, you that's how you do it. Picture. That's how you do it. Yep. And keep going up up up. Straight to all, the gullet Yep, there, go brother. all the way up. Perfect. All the way up. Perfect. There it is. That's some good ones. That is a good one. See, I'm jealous here. I told you I'm jealous of your pictures and then I'm now I contributed to my Yeah, so jealousy. now you now you get to jump now in. Now you get to be in them. Yeah. See, don't be, don't be jelly. <laughs> oh, man. So, Mark, do you get a lot of um, ingredients from the local Asian markets? or? Yeah, I go to the Asian market like five times a week. Yeah. This is terrible. Mm. Right? Terrible. I want that little seaweed. This is why... We used to, we call these, uh, we call this trash can ramen. If you yeah. worked at a place, yep. you know, we had, when we had, uh, what do we, oh, tacos. We were, we, these were called garbage tacos. Yep. When you eat over the trash can. Well, you know, that's the <laughs> thing is like, I've been in this industry for so long now that I have to like force myself to eat refined meals. I sit down at the table with my family and like, I have a table in front of me. What, where's the trash can? Cause I eat over <laughs> a sink or I eat over a trash can or I go outside and like, very rarely do I sit down to, like, an actual table. That's that kitchen life, ma'am. Yeah. Delicious. What do you think, Dion? It's delicious. Isn't like that on point? I'm trying to, like, get every single component in a bite. <laughs> so, and, you know, that's the fun thing about ramen. So, like, it looks like a pretty simple dish, but there's actual, like, multiple courses kind of um, symbolized per bowl. So you've got your noodles, and those are supposed to be like for longevity and to sustain you through the night so you can sleep and wake up in the morning and be productive. You've got your protein, which is like your sustenance. Um, you've got your vegetables, you know, with those mushrooms and the, uh, the scallions to give you your vitamins and your minerals and the stuff that you need. The broth is to warm you up and keep you going throughout the day. And then you've got your garnish, which is like a little salad. So it's like appetizer, entree, and, you know, soup all in one course. 
I definitely uh, am a texture guy, so I love textures, right? And the, and the texture from the noodles to the, the green onions on top to the pork with this just a little bit crisp. It's like I get going crazy with yeah. that. Like, so the flavors are on point. I'm just not smart enough to talk too much about the flavors. <laughs> well, I'm not that smart either. I but, just pretend. I'm going the, back. But the, I can talk about the textures because I, I love the textures. Well, and from you, one. you, you and know the cool delicious. thing. The cool thing about a bowl of ramen is there is all these different things going on. But like, you can eat it however you want. Like, there's no wrong way to do it. You want to mix it up, get after it. You want to eat it like piece by piece. You can do that too. You want to just like pick the bowl up and get down. Doesn't offend anybody. Like, the louder you eat in a ramen shop the better the, we feel you know it's like a compliment. compliment to the chef yeah sure. and that's why you know also we finish every bowl with scallion so in japanese they call the green onions negi and it's like a welcome to your guests so like every bowl gets those scallions we put them on almost every dish here it's like welcoming our patrons in and thanking them for coming and seeing us because we can't do what we do obviously without them sure. i can cook for me all day but i don't yep. think my skin's going to stretch much more than it already has <laughs> so i have to feed others Man, I'll tell you what, and, and I'm, uh, I'm embarrassed to say that I think this is the first time I've actually been to Rooster's uh, Ramen House here in Colorado Springs, um, and I apologize We're not for really that. friends. I get it. I, I know. I know. Uh, um, but you have to come because it is delicious. I mean, I, if you're a ramen fan, if you don't like ramen, then, you know, then go to ha the, the taco, Happy Belly Taco. Yeah, go to Happy oh. Belly Tacos. You want a great burger, go over to Wobbly Olive. We've, Wobbly we've got Olive. a little bit of everything Wobbly. covered. Every time I hear you say wobbly olive, it just it it makes my, you thirsty. Yeah, my, it? well, my brain goes crazy. It's, I'm like, uh, I'm trying to get the words right. Wobbly olive. Can you say it 10 times fast? Go. I wobbly olive, wobbly olive, wobbly olive, wobbly olive, wobbly olive, wobbly olive, blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> I got to about six. Terrible. I'll take six. Just, yeah. just terrible. <laughs> we haven't uh, even had the drinks yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have. And thank you. This is what we call a segue. Speaking of drinks, uh, we're going to talk with Jake Wayne from 1350 Distilling. He's going to make up a couple cocktails. Jake, you back there? Uh, uh, Come on uh, out. Maybe, yeah, turn, turn him up there, uh, Intern Taylor. And Intern Taylor, you're doing a great job. Uh, thank you for coming down to the springs <laughs> with me in the early and in the snow for nothing other than <laughs> cold ramen and the cold coffee on the way home. Uh, this right here is Jake Wayne from 1350 Distilling here in the springs. Jake, welcome to the Modern Eater Show. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Uh, happy to be here with you being yeah. here. Tell us a little bit before we make the cocktails. Tell us a little bit. And I kind of want to stay back in the kitchen because it's fun and the light's better. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about uh, the distillery. You yeah. Know, who owns it? What are you guys making? What are you doing in the community? And then we'll let you go crazy with some drinks. Then, then we'll warm you up mm -hmm. a little bit more. Yeah, you mm -hmm. bet. Well, uh, I, I, my name is Jake Wayne. I am one of a handful of owners. It's my wife and I. And then another couple phil and candace bragg phil was getting ready to retire from the marine corps after 27 years and uh, wanted to start up a distillery we've been open since uh, veterans day weekend 2019 so we persevered through the covid bit pushing out many different spirits so we're up to eight different flavored spirits we're going to try a few here today uh, but the 1350 is uh, represents our flag 13 stripes 50 stars we're veteran owned teacher owned woman owned um, my dad was in the Air Force 25 years. My brother was in the Army. So uh, we, we celebrate the American spirit of our military and their families. I, I love it. And, and, and go USA and go military and thank you for your service. Yep. I have a brother who put in uh, you know, yeah, 25 years, uh, something yeah. like that, in the right. Army. Uh, and we have course. a love for that, right? And, yeah. and the one thing that we thought 
was special is that we each have a different perspective, whether we served or our family did, and the flag was the best symbol of that. And so that's where we based everything around. Each one of our spirits represent a different branch of the military service. Oh, cool. And then we also have some law enforcement and first responders in there too, uh, for some of our different flavors too. First responders. That's right, totally. In yeah. fact, we'll start off with a, uh, a cinnamon bourbon to share with you. Not, not a cocktail, but a way to drink it. I think you'll like it, and that's for our firefighters and first responders. A refined shot of Fireball to start our Thursday. Uh, even like better. Yeah, better for you, better tasting. nothing like Fireball. Yeah. <laughs> Bite your tongue. Re refined, refined. That's all right, but we've got to get people in the right mindset of where we're sure, going. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. She said refined. Yeah. Right. Let's be fair. She yeah. said, she said Well, uh, heck, man, where are we going to make them? You're going to make them right here? I'm going to make them right here. If you take the listen yeah, over here. Let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's watch the action. Yeah, so one thing, you know, we're, we're a craft distillery, so we want unique flavors, and I think that's where... Uh, our relationship with uh, Chef here at the House of Ramen is fantastic. He's, he's always merging all types of different flavors and things, and that's something that we pride ourselves on as well, too. But while I make uh, one of his cocktails that he uh, just opened up on his menu here, I'm going to give you a little taster of that five-alarm cinnamon fire bourbon. <laughs> so this is, starts off as a three-year-aged bourbon, which is a 99% corn and then we infuse it just with the Saigon cinnamon. And I'm just gonna give you, I got a little bit of ice here, but I'm gonna give you just a little bit. Why do you choose the Saigon? It is the spicier of the cinnamons. Okay, and gotcha. we wanted a, a nice strong spice. Um, and uh, we tried the Indonesian as well too. Okay. Um, but we just really like the overall aroma. I put this on rice because I think it oh. sips well too. This I is a whiskey. I went to smell the microphone. I, to <laughs> <laughs> mm. I was like, I'm not metallic. Too, I'm not <laughs> I don't think that's opened yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's not it's ready, Jake. It's not ready. <laughs> Give it a couple oh, minutes. Yeah. Warm it up in your hand. So we started this um, last year. The firefighter <sighs> memorial is just a half mile from our tasting lounge here in Edo, or East Downtown, Colorado Springs, and we wanted to make something for them, and we started infusing this. Oh, wow. Cinnamon with the bourbon, and it's so subtle. It's so nice. Now, listen, I don't uh, imbibe alcohol, so oh. don't take it personal that I am not drinking this and, you know, just smell That's it. all right. But I have a feeling that the Chef Mark, that Chef Mark Henry over there uh, Chef, will. Chef will probably <laughs> help you out with that. But I can, I can tell you. I, I can. Yep, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> the that, the smell of that, I mean, you know, for what it's worth, right? No, we, this, we put that in a hot amazing. toddy. So like a really cool day like today, oh. make yourself a little hot toddy. That's imagine. excellent. During the holidays, in an eggnog, um, I like it just like this. Maybe you know, a little the, the, twist. The nice thing it. about this one is, like, you s you take the nose of it, and Dion, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like, you smell the cinnamon. I smell some orange and like some citrus oh, undertones there. Yeah. I don't get like any sugar, no, no corn right. syrup. It's none of the like commercial it's Jack clean. Fire, mm -hmm. none of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And that you know, actually, when I went and met with Wayne or uh, Jake, and he was like, "Here, we're gonna do this," I was like, mm. "Yeah." not really interested he's like all right cool drink it anyway yeah yeah <laughs> so i took a sip and then i left with like what three four bottles that's right yeah absolutely it's just it's such a different aspect of like that flavor profile and i think it's really neat because it plays on i mean it's very similar to like the ramen that we do here you know i say ramen you immediately have like this preconceived notion in your head so when i can elevate that and give you something different like we bond over that and like we have a lot of fun with it hopefully you come back i get to cook for you more this is kind of the same thing he said cinnamon bourbon, and I was like, yeah, preconceived notion. He elevated it, made it way better for me. I wasn't even interested in it. Now it's on my cocktail menu. 
Yeah, I'm a cinnamon snob. I actually use this exact same cinnamon in my coffee every day uh, if, um, for if that reason because I like the spiciness. But, yeah, it's like a dryness that it gives you. So yeah. it's not, yeah, there's no sugar attached. I mean, uh, if you've ever just, you know, licked your finger and put in some cinnamon, you know that feeling. Or, like, cinnamon gum is, like, what I gravitate towards. Right, right. So it does. It has that kind of just that really clean flavor. Nice. And you still get, you still taste that whiskey in there, too. Oh, for sure, like yeah. no denying that it is a whiskey. Well, maybe uh, I should start drinking. Did you at least taste that? It's a good breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> good breakfast. Yeah. No. yeah, no. Uh, you whipping and up something else, too? I will, yeah, definitely. So we always want to try to be different a little bit. So same with the cinnamon there. Uh, our vodka and our gin are made purely with uh, Colorado sugar beets. So it is a Colorado Proud product as well as gluten-free. But the one I'm going to be working on here, which is off of Mark's, Chef Mark's menu is using our blue jacket rum. So we try to source locally as much as possible, but there's not a lot of cane sugar here in Colorado. So instead we keep it American made and that is a theme that we carry through with everything. Even our bottles are American made. But for this blue jacket rum, we use a Louisiana molasses as the main source of our sugar. We throw a little bit of Colorado sugar beets in there as well too, but uh, gives a nice unique layered flavor, which is perfect here for Mark's recipe that we're going to do here. He has some other new ones on the cocktail list. Um, kind of more of a tiki type of tasting rum where you get more complex sugars and things happening. So right here, we're going to start. This is called the Octo Cooler. Octo Cooler. This is brand new. So I'm really excited. We're going to use, we're going to get, make a really great color here. We're going to do a couple ounces of a melon liqueur. Now I'm going to guess and say that the rum is dedicated for the police officers. Oh, well. no, sir. Ah. So the blue jacket rum is, thank you, yeah. uh, is for our Navy, our U.S. Navy. Navy. Yes, right. sir. So the blue jacket is a manual that every sailor on day one is given. And it, does, it tells them everything, how to operate on a ship. So we call ours the blue jacket rum for all of our Navy Chef, I thought blue jacket, you know, police yeah, yeah. thing. That's where I was. I was trying to be smart there. But you know yeah. what? We do have one for our law Good enforcement, track. and yeah. that is our code four. That's a high octane, 115 proof uh, bourbon. Uh, really, really smooth, dangerously smooth. But yes. we dedicate that to the law enforcement. Uh, that, that's fun. That's good on its own. Got All right, it. so let's pour us some blue jacket in here. I was saying an octo cooler, a little nod to, you know, us older folks now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah, Mark, babies, Mark invented this, so he can talk to the flavor. I don't get, I don't get what octo cooler. So back in the day, when like you were probably a young whippersnapper. I'm probably way too young, Dion. That's probably. Yeah. Oh, that's it what it is. Yeah. So high C, <laughs> totally which it. is one of my favorite drinks, is why I'm diabetic. Um, they made a drink that was called the ecto cooler, and it was like this <clears throat> neon fluorescent green. Um, so this is our play on that, but we call it an octo cooler because we use some of Jake's rum in it, and it's a little bit higher octane. Ah, um, so it's got a real fun presentation, nice coloring um, to the cocktail. Always green. Yeah, and it's, always green. It's delicious. And that's like that fits. So this is yeah. before Mountain Dew. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's right. The gateway to Mountain Dew, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ecto cooler was like our version like the gateway drug into like sugary drinks and that gotcha. isn't that just fun that just looks now that is fun and it's also you know mostly spill proof yeah <laughs> and a little, yeah. little milk jug is that i'll let you do the honors right, here okay. is that what you serve those in chef yeah, is yeah. little mugs like that's all i really isn't that like great that. presentation yeah that's super it. cool that's adorable so yeah. our so our rum besides childhood. uh being really sweet with the 
<laughs> molasses, we do a sugar back to it, and that's what gives the uh, extra color to it. Uh, a little bit darker there. We also have an aged rum, which is our Fleet Admiral's aged rum. We age it in these barrels with the Code 4 for at least six months. Uh, we have that at our Taste Lounge down on in 520 East Pikes Peak Avenue is where we're at. Um, one of the reasons why I love Chef here is we are a taste room, basically. So we can only serve what we make, so we have to get really creative on the ingredients. We can't be mixing it with uh, a Midori or something else like that. And so we have to find some creative things. And he's, he's taken that to a whole new level uh, with his different, unique, especially Japanese flavors uh, that he has on some of his other cocktails as well, too. Yeah, well, there's all of the, your, and, and maybe you can speak to this. I'm not real sure why, but all of his spirits have like this very strange, like creaminess to them. Yeah. It's almost like whipped you know, like the 360 whipped and mm -hmm. stuff like that. All mm -hmm. of his spirits, like even the Code 4 has like a creaminess to it. It's very smooth and almost rich. Yeah. So it lends itself very well. You know, as a chef, I think, you know, when, when I season a piece of protein, the, the seasoning adheres and bonds to the fat. Yeah. So when I think of your alcohol and that creaminess and that richness, it's almost got like a little bit of fattiness to it. So it lends itself really well to like marrying flavors, which makes building these cocktails kind of a lot easier. Like I'm using really good product, but it's really right. just because it makes my life easier. Totally. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> like no, you were saying layered, too. you know, I mean like yeah. with a dish, with a drink, you want to have layers. Like you just don't want it to be like one note. Like, right. So right. I mean, yeah, one dimensional. So, and some of that is, are the ingredients that we're using. So we are using a Colorado sugar beet. So this is our first one for the army, our, the original military, the Minuteman vodka. That's where we're using the refined sugars that we get up there at uh, Fort Morgan. Uh, I think that, on top of and on every bottle, we have a little, uh, a little shape of our rocket still. So it's the only type of shaped still like that in the world because we had it custom made for us, handcrafted by a gentleman in, out of Eastern Washington. Uh, the shape of the still really helps with the overall flavor of any of your spirits that go through there. And this still is great because we can make our vodka, our rums, our gin through it as well, um, yeah, and our whiskeys as well too. So he's got Yeah, so we that do tour. Slender guy. We have a great taste lounge. We think we have the best looking bar in our taste lounge. Uh, it is pretty damn sexy. Thank that you. was one of the first things I noticed when I walked. I think we even spoke about it. Yeah, definitely. All cherry wood, copper top bar, really a, a great place to sit, hang out, have a nice craft cocktail, just enjoy. We'll have food trucks and things like that as too. Maybe some catering here from Chef too. Um, but we do tours on Saturdays, so you can learn about how our process differs a little bit from others, especially some bigger labels, and why craft distilling is so great. You know, we're helping the local economy, we're reducing the carbon footprint, and we're making great tasting, unique spirits that hopefully you'll say, you know, I'm not a cinnamon bourbon fan, or I don't like gin, but you try ours, and it's kind of your, your gateway onto the new Mountain Dew, right? You want to try others because of what you've had with us. So like our gin, we got we call it a Colorado dry gin. It's real light on the juniper. So a lot of people are like, man, I had beef eater when I was 22 and yeah. I can't stand <laughs> it, right? Yeah. We're like, man, try this, because we start with our vodka and then we run it through the steel one more time with all of our botanicals and super, super good. Goes great with citrus, any sort of citrus drinks in that. And Chef's got some different things that he's been playing with too. That was the same thing, one, right? yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was solid. J yeah. Jake and uh, Chef Mark, I can't thank you enough for uh, letting us uh, cruise down to the springs and, and mess with you guys. Delicious ramen. 
Um, next time, I would love to go to one of your other spots and do a, a, a kind of a same thing over there if, yeah, yeah. You'll, if you'll have us. Uh, and Jake, most definitely, thank you. We're gonna come down, and I was gonna have you tell what the other what gin is designated for. And yeah. what the, but I don't want you to do it. I want him to go to the website to be able to figure that out. Right? Uh, what's the website for you guys? One three five zero distilling dot com. Thirteen fifty distilling dot com. Uh, we have all our spirits there. You can check it out. And if you have a a loved one that lives like in California or Texas, we are delivering to up to 32 different states in the United States too. So you can send them a little something uh, maybe that relates to their military branch or law enforcement that you've been a part of. Man, local distilling. Helping yeah. people fall in love and uh, and enjoy life. That's right. That's Changing people's minds too. That's why I'm glad y'all are down in the springs because I know sometimes there's a, you know, a, some attitudes um, elsewhere in Colorado about the springs, and I think the food scene and the beverage scene has changed really dramatically in the last five years that I've been here covering it. So. Come on down. Check it out. Yeah, That's right. And speaking of checking out the Colorado Springs and Spots, where are we going next? Colorado Craft. We are going down the street to Colorado Craft. Tejon Social. Mm-hmm. Tejon Street Social. Colorado Craft, Tejon Street Social. See, just like Wobbly Olive, it's like Wob- you're not going to get it all. Wobbly out. Olive. You're going to have a blast down there, too. <laughs> Chef Mario is one talented bastard. Is yeah. he? Yeah, that dude is far out. He can cook. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, we're going to take a break here at the Modern Eater Show. When we come back... We're going to be at Colorado Craft, and we're going to talk to Chef Mario down there about uh, what's happening, what the food's like, take a little tour, kind of the same thing here, but just a new guy, new restaurant, and, uh, you know, newfound friends. So uh, you're watching the Modern Eater Show. (laughs) What's going on, everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumpling, 4 by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, and I am rocking with the Modern Eater. You're watching them, you're tasting them, you're knowing everything there is to know about Colorado. Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey Four Pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now, quadruples are the emperors of Belgian monastery ales. They're dark in color uh, with a dense tan head and alcohol ranging from 8 to 12%. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness, uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming, uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey 4-pack at either Brews location, 67th and Pencos, or at Colfax in York, and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badass food. Making education cool again, Jay. You know how? Culinary Quick Start Program. We are in love. They're using Studio Kitchen Colorado Monday through Thursday. If you have any desire to get into culinary or you're just sharpening your skills, I'm telling you, these guys, Chef Blake, Chef Marcus, they're instructing a course, and I've been there the past couple of nights, and this course is cool. It's informative, it's innovative, and it has the modern eater touch on it. You can tune into this as well, but you have to sign up for the course. If you go to themoderneater.com, you'll see it on the top navigation bar. It's a drop-down. Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start. All of the stuff that we're doing and sign-up information is right there for you. It's a gimme. It's free to you. It's like the cooking classes you pay for. Don't pay for them anymore. You just sign up, and what is the best part of this thing? 
we got jobs for you. The troops are rallying, the community's getting together, and there's a baseline. So restaurants, if you want to get involved, you're a restaurant tour, you can get involved because we need you and you to support this program with your skills. So what does that entail? This entails getting together and having a job seminar for these students. It's going to be a baseline. You need a baseline of knowledge for your students for when they come in, you know they're going to be able to handle a line in a kitchen. So get involved. If you have any interest in signing up and being a student for this class, you can't get in on this three weeks, but the following three weeks you can get in on. Again, sign up, themoderneater.com. You'll see Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start. But we want you to join the revolution of making education cool again. Watching the Modern Eater, and now back to the show. All right, you guys, back to the show. We're at Colorado Craft in Colorado Springs. But before we get to them, I want to talk to you about A-plus Beverage Solutions and Jeff Rourke. Tap systems are really important to your restaurant. You know that. Nobody puts in the best tap systems like Jeff Rourke at A-plus Beverage Solutions. Give him a call, 720-272-3809. He's a family man. He's been in the business over 20 years. If you need a nitro line, a water line, uh, wine, people are tapping wine. You know that's happening. Coffee, anything tap system related, Jeff Rourke and A-plus Beverage Solutions is your guy. 720 272-3809. It's Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Now back to the show and Mr. Chef Mario Vasquez. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about Colorado Craft. Let's take a little walk. We'll check the bar out, you know. Right. Well, you know, I, uh, I came from Napa, California. Moved out this way about four or five years ago. Um, and this is kind of the baby uh, project that I was able to get done with one of my very close friends, Brian Bradigan, and now uh, Dylan Courier, the two of my partners. Come over, stand over here for me. We just got the yeah, light yeah. behind us, you know? There we go. Um, so what you're seeing is pretty much, um, we have this beautiful mural here painted. I, I was just staring at that. Yeah. Taylor, show that wall right yeah. there. Look at that this mural. That's really rad. Yeah, so this was painted by, uh, her name's Rachel, the dreamscaper up top. She does a lot of murals around Denver, a lot of things down this way. Um, but this is a, a really big change to what this building used to be. This is, used to be the Ritz Grill. It was here for 30, over 30 years. Oh, wow. So we were able to come in and take over this uh, as part of Concept Restaurants and um, just kind of give it a new makeover, a new concept, you know, um, more local eats, um, all local beer taps. Upstairs, we focus on a lot of Colorado uh, spirits as well. Mm -hmm. So everything up top is pretty much a lot of Colorado Springs breweries, some Denver. Uh, mostly all the spirits are from Colorado up here. And then uh, we try to do that with the food as much as possible when in season. Um, and just trying to work with the local purveyors as much as possible. You guys have any 1350 distilling back there, do you know? Well, I'm not sure. No, I'm I'll, sure I'll ask I have a lot of stuff over there. Yeah. How, long, how long you been chefing? Uh, I've been cooking for about 17 years. Okay. Yeah, so I started um, in a family restaurant. Um, my uncle had a restaurant in Sassoon and one in Napa as well. Um, what kind of food? 
he's more of a French cook. Mm -hmm. um, so he did a lot of French style food. Um, and then more in Napa, it was more like Italian flair. Um, so I grew up in, in that type of restaurant business. My dad had a large family, probably about 13 brothers and sisters. So we oh. grew up feeding, you know, I was around food my entire life. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was really great. I was, you know, being carried by my grandma, making tortillas and, you know, burritos and things like that. They make pozole by hand, oh. every kernel for Christmas, oh, um, those types of things. So. Yeah, it goes really far back. Um, you get down with some pozole. Oh, yeah. I love pozole. Yeah, and I actually, I used to, before moving to Colorado, I lived in Sassoon Valley and worked in Napa, too. So we have that Napa connection. Yeah. It's a very incestuous community right. when you're in the food and beverage and you're in the wine industry out there. So, yeah, we, we have a lot in common. <laughs> Dion Roberts with Rocky Mountain Food Report down in Colorado Springs. Uh, Jay Parker in for Greg Hollenbach. We're at Colorado Craft with Chef Mario Vasquez. We're going to take a little tour. He's going to cook some salmon and what else? Uh, braised short rib. Braised short rib and some salmon. Intern Taylor is going to be uh, uh, on the front, uh, uh, the, the top of the list on getting some of that food. Um, I wanted to ask you about this sign uh, right behind you because that's pretty awesome. And then <laughs> yeah. Keep in mind that maybe after food, maybe we talk Shane into making us a couple of drinks or sure, something and sure, highlight one of those local distilleries or breweries or whatever right. you know you guys want to do. But I think that'd be cool. They make some great drinks here, too. Yeah, well, very Dion, talented I bartender. wanted to ask you, too, you know, when we were putting this together, like, hey, let's go down uh, to the Springs and, and mess around with Dion and Rocky Mountain Food Report. Uh, what about Colorado Craft was like, oh, you know what, like, we should go in there and talk to Mario. So, I mean, I first met Mario when he actually was part of the opening team at Till. Um, and then, like I said, we kind of established that Napa connection. And, yeah, I kind of have watched his evolution. I mean, I know that Mario is uh, extremely capable with his fine dining skills. But he also, I mean, he's just such a down-to-earth chef that he also really will just as well crank out some killer, like, Nashville hot chicken sandwiches or burgers. And then more so to the point, he really does value the Colorado um, farm-to-table aspect, mm. which I think is, you know, such a Napa um, entity like that I think he's carried forward and I'm I mean the Colorado food scene I mean at its agricultural level is near and dear to my heart so he really focuses on that very much here at Colorado Craft and I appreciate that I love it there you go keep it local baby yeah uh, don't what does what uh, <laughs> Brian Freeman say no mo or maybe Greg said it uh, to keep no money wandering no money. <laughs> yeah, no, no money yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Keep it <laughs> no money laundry. Uh, tell me about this <laughs> sign. Tell me about that sign real quick, and then yeah. we're gonna go cook something. Yeah. So this this sign was actually it's a compressed wood, um, and we got this. I forget who who made it for us, but the whole background as well is uh, refurbished wood as well. Okay, um, it kind of so looked metallic to me, but that's wood. Yeah. When we first opened this, everyone that put hands on this was was some small time builder. Uh, local, you know, someone has a small local shop. This was all woodwork. Same thing with the tables. They were part of um, an old bowling alley that used to be Bear Creek Bowling Alley, I believe. This over here? Yeah, so those are all remade out of the old wood from there. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Look at that. So these were the social tables. But this, you know, this was my mark. <laughs> Everything going on, they're kind of useless now. This was my mark right here in See? Bowling League, you oh know, yeah. 1987. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to create that this, like, mark. You know, a good vibe to drink beers and, you know, have a cocktail, not feel so snobby. Same thing with the food, you know, like I don't like to wear chef coat just because I want to feel relaxed and I want my guests to feel like anyone's welcome here. Um, we do have the open kitchen as well, so it's kind of, you know, we're not trying to be 
more than just some casual place where we do good food and good cocktail, but that's where I want it to show at. Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone else to feel like they don't belong. Mm -hmm. um, so that was always the big thing where you can't get a good beer with a really nice plate of food half the time. And if you are, it's overpriced and mm -hmm. it's uh, bottled or, you know, some fancy can. So gotcha. here we have a lot to offer as far as that, that point goes. You ready to cook up some salmon? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it, man. Lead the way. Yeah, yes. <laughs> let's go try and get in somebody's way here. And that's what you're going to see, like, with the salmon. You know, we buy... When Lacey had her salmon, we used to get it from Alaska, and she used right. to be sockeye. This is an organic Tasmanian uh, salmon from Australia. Oh, no kidding. Um, super, super good. has nice flavor and uh, comes in whole, fresh. It's beautiful. I love it. If you don't mind, you know, as you put together this dish, just kind of uh narrate it for us you know yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. what you're I'll doing and, you and i'll try to keep uh i want taylor to be as close to you uh, uh doing this as possible but i'll stay out of the way okay all right all i need to do is grab some stock really quick and then we can get going smells good in here Thank it smells you. delicious what was that dish that went out there that wasn't the burger that was yeah, our mac and cheese, and they added the fried chicken toss and buffalo sauce on top oh, of it. Oh, that's how you so, do it. Yeah. There's a lot of people, they come in all the time, and they're always, well, I want to add this, I want to do that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy. We have it, we make it. Mix and match. But that's how, yeah, I mean, Mario's, like, as far away from pretentious. You know, he's just like, yeah, like, you, you, you're you a paying customer. Like, I'm going to give you what you want. And, uh, you know, sometimes people are like, no substitutions. Like, <laughs> what? You know, why? Like, I mean. That is an interesting so. thing, the no substitution <laughs> things. Um, you know, I've worked in enough restaurants to where I was always of the opinion to where if, if you want something extra, I'll give you extra anything you want sure. as long as you know that the word extra comes with a price tag. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, you can't get a double burger, yeah. even though it's not. A, you can get a double burger, even though it's not on the menu. Yeah. But it's not going to be the price of a single burger, just oh, so you know. For sure. You know, you throw on some extra. I mean, if you don't know that guac is extra at this point, then oh, man. I, you've been living under a rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> extra guacamole. You're going to yeah. charge me for that? <laughs> Every day, all day. Yep. Well, Dion... I'm just I'm just gonna be a little nosy here, you I know. know. I like looking around. Good. Just kind of admiring this <laughs> yeah, Dutch the, the oven over cube. here. You know. Yeah. So this is the short rib Ooh. that we had Ooh. going Ooh, in yeah. for a while now. Since it's morning, Ooh. we'll pull some of that out in a second. Ooh. Oh man. Yeah, that'll do <laughs> it right there. That'll do it right there. Might want to come on this side. It might be a little easier. Yeah. No sweat. For you to see rib, huh? everything. All right. Really quick. All right, so we're going to do uh, pan seared salmon and a chili braised short rib. Multitasking. Is going to be coming with. <laughs> Jasmine rice, a red coconut curry, enoki mushrooms, and baby bok choy. Gives me anxiety. So we just kind of <laughs> seeing these pans. Salt going. the salmon really good. I like to pepper my skin really easy. And I bring them out a little room temperature just to uh, make sure that they sear nice and even. It's a good looking piece of fish. Yeah, it is. Very nice. All right, 
I got my pan heating up for my salmon. A little bit of grapeseed oil. This is just a nice neutral, high temperature uh, oil that I like to use. You ever get down with sunflower oil? Oh yeah, that's what we use in the fryers. Oh, do you get it from uh, Colorado Mills? We do. Hey, hey, Colorado Mills sunflower products. We do. Proud. So this is my baby bok choy. I'm gonna start to butter glaze these guys out. And I'm gonna add my nice enoki mushroom. These are from Korea. They're just really, really nice and they kind of fit with the uh, theme of the, uh, more of like a Thai influence of a dish. Gonna say, I almost feel like one of the ramen dishes that Mark made had right. <laughs> similar looking shrooms. A little bit of vegetable stock goes right in. Dion, would you be able to do what he's doing right now with three pans? Um, I could try, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I don't know. I got two kids, not three, and there's a reason for that. I heard once you get to three, things just get out she of control. She can do everything. So <laughs> she does do everything. Thanks, Mario. Yeah. You're the best. <laughs> Paid you a lot so of money to be here. You're right. right? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to let these guys butter glaze out. So all we pre-blanched the bok, uh, bok choy before they hit the line. So they're ready to go. They're already cooked through. We're just adding the butter flavor, a little bit of salt to it. Okay. Next, I'm going to work on the setup for my short rib. So these are uh, leeks that we have braised in blood orange juice and butter. A little bit of stock. We're just, the goal was to try to turn them into like pink rings on the sides. So I'm gonna add these into my pan real quick. And then these are just baby carrots that we have roasted off a little bit of salt, pepper, and olive oil. So I'm gonna go ahead and throw these guys right in with them. And then they also gonna add a little bit of stock. And it's one thing to cook with three burners going, but it's another one you have a bunch of food photographers in your uh, way. I know. And Mario's also learned yeah. how to do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a little intimidating when you Let watch these chefs do their thing. All right. Cool. So we're going to let that go right there. And I'm going to pull a little switcheroo. Just going to move this over just so I can kind of manage. And Mario, can you tell the viewers too, so why is it important to heat the pans before you even put the oil in it? Um, so you wanna have a hot pan usually. In the kitchen, your pan should always be hot. You know, you're trying to beat 12 minutes to get time. So if your pan, you're taking two, three minutes to heat up your pans. Sure. It takes a long time. Right. You see, like, if I had these pans going already, we'd probably be plating by now. Gotcha, okay. <laughs> so it's just, that was that's really rule of thumb. Also, when you're yeah. cooking, you know, salmon or anything like that, any type of protein, you need a hot pan to develop the Meyer reaction, which is the browning of meat. You okay. throw it in cold, it'll never develop that, that okay. color. Okay. So we're gonna go in here. I'm gonna lay my skin down on my salmon, and I'm just gonna hold it for a second to make sure the skin doesn't retract, doesn't suck in on itself. I always tell my fish cooks, you know, be used to getting your hairs burned off and your, <laughs> get your fingers ready to go, because it's a very physical, by touch, as how I cook a lot of times. So we're really just focused on getting a nice crispy skin on that guy. I'm gonna turn down my, my gnocchi mushrooms yeah, a little bit. Yeah, the old hot pan trick yeah. is something I've been trying to so, do at home more. I just want my, my mushrooms to get really nice and uh, buttered out. Dion, let me get you a good picture of this. Yeah. Uh -huh. go, nice. Watch out, Chef. I'm gonna jump in here and just do something. 
Yep, there you go. <laughs> Those aerial shots are just their money. Yeah, I mean, that's my little contribution. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you could just send me that. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Man, look at this. I know, isn't You're, it beautiful? If you're just tuning in, you guys, we are live from Colorado Craft in Colorado Springs with Chef Mario Vasquez, and he's cooking up three dishes for us at the same time, and uh, it looks and smells delicious. I can't wait. I like grabbing these pot because I try to see what's hot, you know? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, uh, I'm like my grandfather where he, want, he just wants to know what's hot. He d that's all he wants to know, <laughs> and then that's it, you know, and then he's done. Turn that up just a little bit. Yeah, everything just looks so fresh because it is. Let's let him sit here. Let it rest. And I know every time I come in here, I can get s something different. The last time I came in, I got some incredible scallops. Um, so Mario's doing all kinds of great specials. So yeah. I come in and get something different almost every time. Yeah. Nice. And a lot of times, like, since it's COVID too, you know, you can't get a lot of things that you're used to getting. So half my menu is very basic from what the to-go used to be. Uh -huh. And then we change all the entrees, all the features every week. So you see something new. Unless it was well received, then we'll keep it. Um, but it's been, it's been really good, just kind of to redo yourself a little bit. You know, I think when reset too much stuff, now you're able to con consolidate. Yeah. And just trying to focus on a couple small things, really, and doing really well. I you know, agree. Not have a, a massive amount of Could, new items. Are you able to give us an example of of what you mean when you say some of the products aren't available because of COVID and? And do you know why that is? Is it a distribution uh, it issue? Is. It's all about importing. You know, when, when they shut, you know, from the countries, you couldn't, for instance, I was buying uh, Forbidden Black Rice, which is uh, a nice Chinese product. Yeah. I couldn't get it in. Anything that was imported, it was really hard to get. Gotcha. You find yourself um, substituting that out a lot just for different products. Uh -huh. But for me, it's like, if it's not the best thing, I don't want to bring it in. You know, sure. so I'd rather just not make the dish. I'd do something different with mm -hmm. what I got. And like you said, maybe a silver lining there. I mean, to be able to kind of just reinvent and focus in, I uh, think, in yeah. some ways. I think that is a great opportunity for chefs to reconnect with what's around them when you can't buy from outside all the time. And, right. uh, you know, being down here in the Springs, I know Denver has it really hard, too. They get a lot of fresh seafood and stuff in, too. They have, we're landlocked. But down here, it's a little, you know, we're still learning in that, that way, the ways of that, that area, you know, fresh fish and you know, getting people to appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah. Dion, I'll tell you, when, when I hear a chef say, well, if I can't get the product that I want for a dish that I want to make, I'm just not going to make it. I love hearing that because it tells you that how much that that chef really cares about that dish, whatever it is. And if they're right. not willing to make it without the ingredients they want, I, I just like hearing that. Yeah. You know, it tells me that they're, think they're thinking about the food. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, and that's something that... <laughs> It still needs to be a little bit more appreciated out, you know, as in the chef world anyway. People are going to want something regardless. They're always going to want a piece of salmon, right? Mm -hmm. But if I can't get you the best salmon, I don't want to serve you it, you know. And sure, it might be a little selfish on my end, but, you know, for, for me, oh, no. this is really close to my heart. So I want to make sure whatever I do feed you, it is, it's, it's the best. No. Yeah, now a bad piece awesome. of fish is a, that's a... <laughs> That's a rough night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like you said, connecting with what's around you, that's why I think a lot of people did kind of look to their local farmers and ranchers, like buying beef from local ranches. Because um, when the grocery stores and, you know, they're running out of everything, people kind of started to really reconnect with where did it come from to begin mm -hmm. with. Exactly, so. exactly. And that's 
something that's near and dear to the modern eater's heart, and uh, I know it is at Rocky Mountain Food Report also, uh, telling the story and connecting these people to, yeah, guess what? There are potatoes uh, grown in Colorado, you <laughs> right? know, and they are delicious, you yeah. know, and, the, and they're, uh, you know, they'll stand up to the Idaho, you know, any day of the week, but, um, you know, people don't really realize that a lot of times. Yeah, sure. I yeah, it didn't just show up in the grocery store magically. Yeah, that's Amazing. right. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, the meat producers <laughs> say a lot of times, like, you know, the, uh, you know, your steak it doesn't come it doesn't come out, you know, on a styrofoam uh, thing wrapped up. Yeah. You got to you have to grow it, you have to nurture it. <laughs> yeah, I actually uh Mario, I was down at Sangre's Best uh last weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, so uh local ranch, we went down there, I took the kids, went on a two-horse open sleigh. We were cooking burgers using their beef in the middle of the snowy meadow over an we open know, yeah, fire. We it was Sangre's Best and it was uh bad. Music Meadows. Yeah, exactly. Songray's That's best where we were. Music Meadows. Yeah, th- we stayed there on, uh, I think it was last year's road trip. Oh, cool. And just a beautiful piece of property. Yeah. Oh, man. It's not too much fun to be in the back of a pickup truck trying to shoot video <laughs> driving 40 miles an hour, but it's a beautiful property. We were steering the Hofflinger horses. Oh, I'm terrified <laughs> of horses. I won't get anywhere near that. Look at that short rib, wow. Chef. Are you kidding me? That is amazing. Can I get six of those to go? Right. That's a lot of nice one. I think these are nice right here. Really, really nice. God. Oh, all right, yeah, let me see if I can get you. Smells get delicious. Get top. The Modern Eater Show, you guys. Live at Colorado Craft in Colorado Springs with Chef Mario Lopez, Dion Roberts, and Rocky Mountain <laughs> Food Report. <laughs> Mario Lopez, you're funny. Did I say Mario Lopez? <laughs> you sure did. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be awesome hey. if I did that on purpose? I feel, <laughs> I feel terrible. Hey, homeboy has had a pretty uh, good career. <laughs> that, can't, that can't be the first time that's yeah. happened. It, it just can't be. Uh, guys, we're going to start playing up this short rib really quick. Cool. Cool. So right here, this is a little bit of carrot puree. It's a little orange juice, uh, cream, and carrots, and a little bit of grapeseed oil. So we're just going to kind of just kind of make a mess a little bit. (laughs) It's my favorite thing. That's been like kind of the theme today in the kitchen, you know? That's part of the fun. That looks looks beautiful so far. Yeah, so far. <laughs> so now I'm just gonna let my bring my veggies over and let them drain. I like the butter glaze on them, but I don't want it all over my plates. Those are beautiful. Where are those carrots from? These are from California. They are the Cali yeah. Cali carrots. Cali carrots. They're allowed. We're gonna pick that nice uh, leek for today. I love the blood orange soaked leeks too. That's. It gives them this nice acidity. And with this dish, it's very rich. So we're just going to let them rest up really quick. See a little plating class. Right. I know, sometimes I make a plate at home, I'm like, why doesn't it look like, <laughs> doesn't it look like Mario's <laughs> plate, you know? Now I know. 
so we're just going to start dropping carrots down. Are these all dishes that are on the menu, Chef? These are running right now. Um, this was from Valentine's Day, but it was kind of a, a nice little dish I've been wanting to make for a minute. So. And you've yeah. always had a... Fonts. The f some kind of fish or short rib entree, though. It's right. just, yeah. We'll always kind of try to keep uh, fish, pork, and a beef option. Just going to let him sit. Mm -hmm. Holy moly. That falls under the holy moly right. category. <laughs> yeah, now see, that's starting to, like, that's getting the drool worthy pictures going. Right. Now it's coming to life more. So oh I got these man. pickled Fresno chilies here. The dish is very uh, sweet in a way, so this is going to help to accent and bring out more of the chili flavor in the braise. There's okay. like uh, Wajillos, Chili de Arbol, California pods in the braising. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to drop a couple of these all over the place. Oh, see, there it is. Okay. Getting ahead of myself. I know. Did you hate that when you take you take some <laughs> really good pictures and then it's like you're watching, you're getting hungry, and you're like, hey. I'm not done yet. I like to get playful and let things hang over. Oh, look at that. Nice. Now he's showing off. Okay. <laughs> then, and there's uh, some carrot strands right above you on that tray. Yep. You just pull that down for me. Yep, sure, sure. There you so go, right. sir. And then these are also carrots that we have uh, turned. And we just fried them up, add a little bit of salt to them. Just give you a nice crunchy element to your, to your plate. That is gorgeous. And then I'll drop a couple piles, you know, just around just for some accents. Mario, you are a bad man. <laughs> yeah, that's uh I mean, I get to f I'll say this about this dish and I have a feeling I'll say it about the next one, but it's like how could how <laughs> how could you not order that when you, you when you came exactly. in, you know? So this Ooh. dish. So is that short rib, chili braised short rib, carrots, yeah, Fresno chilies and braised leeks. Wow, that is just that is magical awesome. looking, isn't it? What's next, Chef? Next is one of my favorite dishes. It's probably one of my favorite meals to eat at home if we're making anything. Um, white rice and uh, curry, like it's curry soup. Really, really nice. And then you add the salmon, this really nice salmon on top of that. It's, it's beautiful. So let's get going with that one. Yeah, let's do I'll it. I'll put All this right. up in the past. You guys can hold on to it and keep it later. Butter up, dip. All beautiful. All right. So next is the salmon and red curry. I have a little bit of jasmine rice here. So I like to do. So we'll fill the bowl. I'm trying to make this like little podium for the salmon to sit on. I like that. King salmon. Yeah. So, right See? In. Oh, no problem, huh? No problem. Tricks, tricks. <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to come over here. I got my curry soup, curry sauce right here, red curry. We're just going to ladle this in and cover the bottom of the bowl. Beautiful. Mmm. Okay. I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting hungry. 
Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Intern Taylor is vegan, so she can't have any of this, but. <laughs> yes, I can. So, you know. I will today. All righty. Just going to let this kind of drain out just a little bit. So I'm going to drop my baby bok choy. These are grown locally as well from Emerge Aquaponics up in Black Forest. They do a lot of mixed greens, butterhead lettuces, um, but he actually grows bok choy, and this is one of my favorite things to have <laughs> on hand. So what are they called? Baby bok choy from Emerge Aquaponics. Emerge Aquaponics. And what is uh, it about the bok choy that appeals to you, Chef? I just, I just like how uh, meaty it is. And yeah. You know, you get some crunchy parts, and then you get like a nice spinach or like a nice, you know, like a sautéed green feel from it. Mm -hmm. But it also is, is very universal as far as this type of cuisine is. Some Ayanoki mushrooms going on top. Really holds that structure. Right. These I used to eat in an <laughs> in izakaya in, a, in Orange County, and they used to serve them just like this, buttered out. Just like a nice appetizer. So Isakaya is usually like a Japanese dive bar, which are one of my favorite places to kind of eat. God. I love these because they can just like kind of pile in, you know. Just lay those down on the ends. All right. I mean, and even oh, from a man. vegan perspective, yeah, I mean, like I said, that's, that's some meaty, you know, filling veggies there. Right. All right. Now comes the salmon. Just gonna let that sit right on top. I mean, right. I mean, you know. And then I have that little pan up there. This right one? there. Oops. You wanna okay. pass that over to me? Yep. These are fried enokis. And ah. I like them because they kinda remind me of coral or any type of like sea green. So I'll push them in here. We'll try to contrast them a little bit better. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. And then oh, you want to have right. my togarashi right there in that little red, this that guy? little half deli right there. Yep. This one? There we go. All right. Chef, when you're not uh, cooking and working here, what are, what are some of the places around town uh, that you like to frequent and get a bite to eat? Oh, you know, I like... <laughs> I like to go to Nara Sushi. It's kind of like one of my favorite places to go. Um, just a little different. Um, you a big sushi guy? I love I love fresh, you know, raw fish. Yeah. Really, really nice. Yeah. Um, down here, I mean, you got Red Gravy. You have Mackenzie's Chop House down the street. You're always good to go visit. Um, you ever mess around with uh, Chef Brother Luck? Oh, yeah. I love the dumpling house. He has a uh, four is really fun. Uh, Mark Henry's Roosters uh, ramen over there. Yeah, he just made us um, some killer ramen, yeah, too. Yeah. So this guy is done right here. That's the salmon. This is the guy, yep. This is a salmon dish. Dion, I don't know about you, but, you know, I mean, how do you, which one do you order? Uh, if both. Or if you're out with a friend, you, you get yeah. one of each and then you go havers, right? Yeah. My significant other and I, we definitely, we, we share. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. I'm. 
never really able to decide. So yeah. you have to on this chef. That yeah, is this beautiful. Looks One of my favorite dishes. Can't wait to try it. Yes. Oh my gosh. So you um, got like four or five more things we can whoop yeah, up. Yeah. What do we <laughs> got? Huh? Chicken coming up right now. <laughs> oh Are you gonna do something else? Oh yeah, I'll make a sandwich, wow. a spicy chicken sandwich for you guys. Let's do that. And that then uh, if you guys are just tuning in, this is the Modern Eater Show live from Colorado Craft in Colorado Springs with Chef Mario Vasquez. Uh. And uh, <laughs> not the other one. Not, the, not Lopez. And not the other one. <laughs> and uh, I'm here with Dion Roberts from uh uh, Rocky Mountain Food Report. I had to think about your name and who you were <laughs> just to make sure I didn't mess that up. Uh, I'm in for Greg Hollenbach. He's in Florida. Oops. Uh, let's just get right in. Alrighty. So we're going to toast our buns for our sandwich real quick. So chicken sandwich. Chicken sandwich. So in, we're going to go with coleslaw. We shred this by hand. Can I ask you why you shred it by hand? I don't, I don't like how thick that the stores will shave it at. Uh -huh. I like it to be a lot more finer. Um, it just helps. When you're doing it fresh, it's a little thinner, so it doesn't take as long for the, the cabbage to really absorb as much as the flavor. You know, like mm -hmm. typically people you leave coleslaw like in the, in the dressing for a long time. Mm -hmm. But here, we, we do it to order, so. This is an apple cider vinegar vinaigrette. And then apple cider vinegar and cabbage. Its best friend is fresh apple. So we are going to uh, julienne these really quick. Julienne, so we julienne. Sell, we probably sell like 50 to 60 of these on a good day. So you can imagine the cooks on here doing this very quickly. Goes right in. A little bit of salt. Pepper. Yes. Very ready. Okay. Oh, I'm going to let that hang out here for a second. It's going to come with pickles. So I'll let those hang. Dion, if you're doing a chicken sandwich, do you do the spicy chicken sandwich? <laughs> Or do you do, you know, the grilled, a little bit of avocado instead of mayo? With uh, you know, I go so. spicy. I'm a fr I am love fried chicken. You go the and spicy even route? Had, um, they were doing, uh, during COVID, uh, Mario was doing some fried chicken on Sundays, and I definitely got in on that. So yeah. a piece of fried chicken is it's where it's at. nothing uh. quite like it for me. So, yeah, this is the, uh, so we, like I said, we twice, twice batter this. It's a uh, buttermilk and uh, flour mix with a little bit of the spice mixture that's on the chicken goes inside that mix. So it is really spicy. Oh, and this man. is, the coleslaw is meant to help cool it down. And then the sauce on the top and bottom is a comeback sauce, which is kind of more of like a, more of a Southern dipping sauce. You can, you'll see it on a lot of like oysters and fried things. And we're just gonna do a nice handful over the slaw right on top. Man. I think it's lunchtime. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I, I know. can't. Isn't that just, like, fantastic? You shouldn't do this when you're hungry. <laughs> I, you know? I know. It's it's brutal. <laughs> and then we Look just kind of top her off. Really Boom. Nice. And then get a little, <laughs> little pick. 
You hear the crunch? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Intern uh, Taylor, how can you, you know, uh, how can you be a vegetarian? How, how can you live your life this way, <laughs> Intern Taylor? <laughs> you know? You <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know, oh, she s- she said that she didn't know chicken could could be so <laughs> if it delicious. Means anything though, I do appreciate it. You know. Yes. They say you should try to eat vegetarian or vegan once a week at the most to help out. Yeah. Listen. So. I mean, you know, in moderation, everything everything works. Look at that. Pretty wow. maids all in a row. Yes. I think, I think we need to sit down and eat this. Check it out, you guys. Colorado Craft, Colorado Springs with Chef Mario Vasquez. Dion Roberts from Rocky Mountain Food Report. Now, Chef, if you look out there, Taylor, can you see uh, bartender Shane out there, young, handsome gentleman? He's going to whip us up some, uh, some cocktails. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know what? I'd actually like to take a break right now, hear from some of our wonderful local sponsors, and then when we come back, we're going to be a Colorado Craft. We're going to make uh, a couple of cocktails with, uh, with Shane, the bartender. How's that sound? Oh, yeah. Sound good? Great. All right. Uh, you're watching The Modern Eater Show. Hey, you guys. Jay here with The Modern Eater Show. Thanks for watching. Don't forget about our YouTube and Instagram channels. A lot of killer content over there. Throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Throw us a follow on Instagram. And thank you for supporting TME. We couldn't do this without our amazing sponsors, so let's check them out right now. Very proud to be part of the, the Modern Eater and uh, chefs, restaurant owners, any food service operators. You know, I know right now that uh, delivery and carry out is bigger than ever and we got you covered. Uh, Cambro uh, has a full line of uh, delivery and carry out items. More economical options are expanded polypropylene or EPP, a uh, nice insulated container. Uh, the Procard Ultra is really versatile. It's a great unit because you could actually store cold products down here, hot products up here. It's all 120. There's no refrigeration worries. It's all thermodynamics. Just let us know what your food service challenges are, what it is we can do to help you out, and there isn't anything that we can't do for you. So uh, hope to see you over here at our facility in Park Hill soon and uh, stay safe out there. You know everybody, with several million dollars of hard assets here, insurance is very, very important to us. Ewing Levitt covers it all. Machinery, building, workman's comp. Ewing Levitt's got us covered from the floor to the ceiling, from our alley, even to the street. This divider, this press, my cooling conveyor, my oven. Ow, ow! Ewing Levitt covers our counter stacker and our employees too. If you need insurance, take it from Little Rich at Rockalitas. Call Ewing Levitt, they'll get you covered. go home. I strip down to my skivvies. All right, here we go. I got it. I got it. I got it. Hey, everybody. Steve Gould from Golden Moon Distillery and Golden Moon Speakeasy. When I get my cocktails to go from Golden Moon Speakeasy, I go home, I kick back, and I watch The Modern Eater. Skivvies. Hey, I'm a Marine. Right, it's Skivvies, guys, man. Back to the Modern Eater Show. I'm Jay Parker. I'm in for Greg Hollenbach. Thank you for tuning in. We're out in Colorado Springs. Right now, we're at Colorado Craft, and I'm with Chef Mario Vasquez, bartender Shane, and Dion Roberts from Rocky Mountain Food Report. 
we're going to make some drinks. What's that? Oh, yeah. And she's, she's here. Trust me. She's just not in the shot. Um, what we're going to do, Chef Shane is going to make a couple of cocktails here at Colorado Craft. He's going to tell us about them, some local distillers. And uh, that's what's up. Shane, how are you? I'm great. Jay, thanks for having me. No problem. Guys, I'm going to take you to, through uh, two of my favorite basic classic cocktails that I love to use local spirits with. First one is going to be a barrel-aged gin Sazerac using Boulder Spirits Ginsky. It's an absolute banger of a spirit. It gives off such unique and interesting flavors. It's uh, hard to find something that compares and drinks the same way, so it makes an excellent, elegant Sazerac. To start, we're just gonna get that bad boy in there. About two ounces of the Jinski. He's just gonna glean right by that flare he just did. Mm -hmm. That's how you know you're dealing with a real bartender. Touch of simple syrup, about a quarter ounce. And then, of course, can't have a Sazerac without your gentian bitters, Peychaud's. A hefty amount, at least 10 dashes for a good one. That's for a good one. It's a stirred cocktail. Yeah. Uh -huh. A good stir is probably about 10 to 15 seconds, depending on what you're making. This cocktail doesn't get any ice in it. I'm just simply chilling the glass with this ice right here. So maybe 15 seconds is good. Now a Sazerac also gets an absinthe rinse. And for this absinthe, we're gonna be using the Golden Moon Distillery Redux Superior Absinthe out of Golden, Colorado, just west of Denver. I'm a big fan of this distillery. They make a lot of awesome products, a lot of awesome liqueurs as well. Steven Gould, man, that's our guy. That's our guy. We've had him on the show uh, a bunch of times. They make really good stuff over Just there. coating the glass. You don't want a ton, and you also don't want to waste it, trust me. Strain in, and then we're just going to garnish with a little bit of lemon twist. How many of those did you make on Tuesday? On Tuesday, quite a bit. We sell a lot of Sazeracs. You want to make sure you're getting that nice lemon zest all over the glass. Very important because it adds flavor. Then we're going to twist it all fancy like. Ah, lose some of it, but that's okay. <laughs> that looks perfect. I've, believe it or not, and I, you know, shared with Shane that I was, you know, a, a small-time bartender. I've never seen that method with the zest before, but I, it's awesome. Yeah, simple lemon twist. Yeah. Next up, we're going to be doing a just a classic sidecar with some of my favorite spirits. This is the uh, Nobleman's Apple Brandy from Black Hat Distillery, a relatively new distillery here in Colorado Springs. One of my best buds, Montana. She's an excellent bartender, damn near the best in town. Works over there. You can always go see her at Black Hat. And again, we're going to be bringing back some more Golden Moon stuff, dry curacao for the sidecar. Sidecar is a classic brandy cocktail, usually very tart. Um, and it gets a sugar rim just to sort of tame that tartness. To start it off, we're just going to add our citrus, about three-quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice. Usually it's orange liqueur. We're going to be using, uh, aka triple sec, we're going to be using a beautiful dry curacao for this one because <laughs> that apple brandy is going to add some sweetness to the cocktail so we can use a little drier ingredient. And that was a three-quarter of that as well. We're going to go two ounces on the Black Hat Nobleman's Apple Brandy. That's some good stuff, too. Throw in your ice. Mm. Shake the hell out of it. <laughs> this is my guy yes. right here. I can Doing the cha-cha. I love it. 
yeah. dinner and a show. Yeah, he's got flavor. This, this, this is my guy, <laughs> man. We're going to find strain. And each sip, you're going to get a little bit of that sugar to sort of just tame that strong, tart cocktail. And then a beautiful, refreshing sidecar as well. Go, Jesus. Well, I mean, I don't know. Mario, I don't know where you guys got this guy, but uh, <laughs> I'd hold on to him. Man. I didn't really want to give him that compliment on the show. I was going to do it off the air, but I just couldn't help myself. I was just so impressed. Shane, thank you very much. All jokes of aside, and great job. Of course, yeah, of course. Was, that was a great job. Happy thank to have you guys at Craft. We're down here at Colorado Craft in Colorado Springs with Dion Roberts from the Rocky yeah. Mountain Food you. Report. Good. Good. Chef Mario Vasquez. And if you miss some hey, of the like, food, you, uh, you know, you're just tuning in now re rewind and uh, and watch him make the food because it's absolutely delicious uh, chef i can't thank you enough Thanks for, for hosting me. us and for cooking for us it's just awesome yeah thank you it's awesome dion you ready for the next stop i am i am next stop we're going to beast and bruise with chef noah Siebenaller. Yeah, I made her say the last name. You see how I did <laughs> that? I can spell it. It was not an accident. But Chef Noah, we're coming to see you. Before we do that, we're going to take a break, listen to some of our great local sponsors, and we'll be back to the Modern Eater Show. Hi, I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms, and I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching the Modern Eater Show. <laughs> Hey, Zach Kreider here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado, your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, let me try it one more time, then we'll see. Hey, restaurants, we're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. <laughs> First, we partner with the best farmers in the world, and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful, all so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com. Hey Modern Eater fans, I'm Don Trobo with The Annex by Ardent Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here, and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of, of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries uh, or pearl barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the modern eater. I now. love the laugh. <laughs> like right now? Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Kyle Mindenhall. I'm talking with uh, my good friends from the Modern Eaters show. Keep supporting them. There's a lot of good stuff happening.
We started Meridium Spirits because we love the way that spirits and cocktails can bring people together to socialize, to bond, to have conversations. Well, right now we've got some big conversations to have. Coop Vodka and Coop Gin are available at liquor stores across the metro area, but if you can't find us or would like to have us behind your bar or at your restaurant, send us an email, info at meridiumspirits.com. We know things are a little different these days, but think of us the next time you're planning a virtual happy hour or a socially distant picnic. And keep an eye on our social media, Coop by Meridium, for all the latest and greatest. Hey guys, it's Caroline Glover. I'm the chef owner of Annette out at Stanley Marketplace. Citrus is about to be in its prime. I just want to thank everybody for showing so much support to small local restaurants in this really hard time. And you're watching the Modern Eater Show. <laughs> I'm fine with that. All right, you guys, back to the show in just a second. Jay Parker in for Greg Hollenbach. I'm here in Colorado Springs with Chef Noah Siebenaller, and we're here to tell you about bread and specifically Aspen Baking. Aspen Baking Company has been baking the best bread in Colorado since 1994. Chef, I know you use Aspen Baking Company here. What do you use here? Why do you like it? So um, I use their sourdough, their French Parisian, their burger rolls, marble rye, and slider rolls. Um, I, I was introduced about three and a half years ago, and I haven't found a better bread in Colorado since. So we use it for exclusively for everything. I'm telling you what, you guys, don't take my word for it. Take Chef Noah's. They're making quality product. They don't put in the, 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 the fake colors. They don't put in the chemicals. They don't freeze it. They don't do that stuff. They just bake fresh bread. Aspenbaking.com is where you go to get that bread. And uh, now... Back to the show. Let's take a little tour of the dining room and then Chef Noah is gonna cook some stuff for us. Chef Noah, you know, the first thing you see, obviously, when you walk in here is a hundred tap. That's right. You know, you have a hundred things on tap over here. How does, how does that work here? So we have a hundred self-pour taps here at Beast and Brews. We utilize the self-pour technology called Pour My Beer. So the guests, when they check in, they receive a pour card and then they just put it in whatever slot underneath the screen that they want and then they can pour whatever they like at, um, by the ounce. Our spirits and everything are controlled by portions, but all the beers are by the ounce. Okay, let's take a walk over yeah. here and look at the patio. I know we got uh, a little bit of snow, snow out there right now. Recently. Yeah, so nobody's out there, but uh, you have a beautiful spacious patio with a great view. Obviously, I mean, look at the room in this place. You guys yeah. could just go swimming around. So yeah, e Taylor, easy to stay socially distanced out here. Yeah, you know, just imagine that when it's not snow and people are out there and dining and enjoying stuff. What are some? What are some of the favorite beers that you guys have on? Oh, we've got so many. So um, we only bring in Colorado beers. We we try to support as many Colorado breweries as possible. Um, our ciders have really been killing it lately. Um, a couple of the favorites are definitely the Boxing Brothers and Apple Valley Ciders, both here in Colorado Springs. And then Stout Month coming up. So we've got a handful of stouts on, on right now, especially from Left Hand Brewing. Um, we, we have their... Uh, uh, peanut butter milk stout and their raspberry milk stout sitting next to each other, so people make a PB and J stout with it. I, 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 man, I love it. Now I know we're going to cook some stuff, but you have right. a couple of special guests here that uh, that have uh, companies or they produce some food that you use in the kitchen. That's so right. So we're going to meet them. We're going to go back in the kitchen and we're going to cook some stuff. Do you know what you're cooking? I, I'm going to do a mushroom poutine for you all today, utilizing the mushrooms from Microvora and the cheese curds from Swatch Artisan Foods. Nice. Who do we have here? Who's this? So this is, is Jen from Swatch Artisan Foods. She is our, our cheese guru and butter as well. We've recently switched over to using their, their butter exclusively in our restaurant. Far. Hello, Jen. Hi there. How are you? Doing good. 
Jen, it's an easy name to remember. Absolutely. I didn't forget it three times before we started this. That wasn't me. Who's the young young man behind you? We've got Petru over here from Microvora. He grows our mushrooms and our microgreens here locally in Colorado Springs. We're, we're hey, going to try going? that microphone. I was having problems with that microphone, so we'll just see if it works. But you can hear everybody so far? Noah, let's not, let's not let the Internet mess us up, man. Yeah. Let's jump in the kitchen, start cooking. Awesome. But we're here, and we're here with Jen, and we're here with Petru. Yes, sir. Woo! I got it right for just a second. <laughs> Chef right. Noah, you know, as you kind of put all this together, kind of, you know, do our viewers a favor and, and tell us a little bit about your relationship with Jen and your relationship with Petru, and then I'll let them talk a little bit about it themselves. Absolutely. But how do you know these folks? So, as you know, we try to do everything as local as we can here in Colorado Springs. Um, once we found out, so my social media manager actually introduced me to Jen. Um, she said, hey, there's this butter lady here in town. You've got to try her butter. I'm like, yeah, the butter nobody butter. in Colorado Spring makes butter. There's No, no it's not going to be good. So <laughs> she brought me samples, and literally I, I couldn't switch over fast enough. Um, and then cheese curds and gouda and aged gouda. And it's just like, okay, why am I buying cheese from anyone else? So... Nice. Jen, tell us a little bit about the company, how you guys got started, your involvement, you know, like the elevator speech of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So my husband and I started the company um, back in 2018. Um, we had a larger business doing dairy manufacturing for a while, and we really wanted to make a transition to really focusing on high-quality artisan production and really focus on European-style butter and artisan cheeses. And so, you know, we started making product about, it took us about a year to get, hire our cheesemaker, you know, get our building built. We had to, you know, just go through the process of sourcing all of our equipment, which we actually took a trip to Europe to really source the right equipment. And it took us a year to put it together. And when we finally did, we started making cheeses and we started making some butter, which of course, you know, we realized that as we were ready to release our product, here we are in April 2020, and right in the middle of the most awesome time to launch a business, right? Mm -hmm. Right in the middle of COVID. Mm -hmm. And initially we were really focusing on, you know, our wholesale customers, but of course with all the restaurants shut down, you know, I decided we needed to make a pivot. And so I decided we're gonna go direct to consumer. And I hit up every single farmer's market that I could and I sold roll of butter by roll of butter and wedge of cheese uh, direct to consumer and really just started building the community around this new product. Um, we really focus on um, European style butter. So all of our butter is batch churned from local milk that we get delivered every single day from into our facility, which is about 300 miles southeast of here. So, yeah. Great thing is that we're neighbors. I mean, they, yeah. they literally live right down the road from us here at the Beast and Brews. Far yeah. out. You give them a yeah. discount when they dine here? <laughs> <laughs> we're in I here mean, all the time as know, customers, just, though. I'm it's good food. <laughs> trying to do what I can. Right, right. Uh, tell us a little bit about Petru and how you know him. Yeah, so Petru was introduced to us, oh, almost a year ago yeah. now. Um, we we uh, continue using his products um, through our uh, COVID quarantines um, and initially started out as um, mushrooms. And then I said, hey, my microgreen grower kind of quit showing up. And he's like, I got microgreens. So now we, we're using his microgreens and mushrooms exclusively. And we're even starting to sell them out of our deli cases up here too. I love it. Petru, same thing, man. Give us the elevator speech of who you are and what the company's all about. Uh, intern Taylor, if his microphone starts doing that thing, just point at me and I'll give him mine. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Petru with Mike Avora. Uh, we started the company in 2017 and did mostly sales to restaurants. And then once COVID happened, the restaurant shut down, so we had to find an avenue. We had a month of mushrooms ready to go, and we ended up uh, launching an online store 
we met with Katie from the SoCo Virtual Farmers Market that she just launched, and that really helped us make a connection with all the individuals in Colorado Springs. Uh, so we've just been working that. Now we're doing ready-to-grow blocks for individuals. We do deliveries in town each Wednesday in Colorado Springs. Hopefully that'll expand to Denver soon. Uh, we're building a new facility right now, and it's going to have a focus more on the medicinal side of mushrooms because you go down, you get into your reishi and cordyceps, and they do things for your body that nothing else does. So really excited to get that out to, to the people of Colorado, and uh, we appreciate everyone for their support. Mushrooms, cheese, and Noah. Mushrooms, cheese, and Noah. I'm back in my microphone. <laughs> stuff, so we're playing. Around. Good. Chef, do me a favor. I don't want to talk too long because yep. my microphone's awful. Uh, narrate what you're making and let's just make it. All right. So I'm doing a mushroom poutine. Uh, our poutine is one of our number one selling appetizers here. And I decided today, since uh, we wanted to promote both of these um, fine businesses, we're going to do a mushroom poutine. So I took some of uh, Petru's mushrooms. I... Uh, kind of cured it with my pastrami seasoning and threw it in the smoker for a little bit. So it's cooking on the flat top now. Um, for our cheese curds, we actually bread them and then freeze them. So we cook them for a, from a frozen state. Just a little bit of water to steam it. So the cheese curds over here, like I said, the, we bread these and then we freeze them. And then we have a Traditional, oh, as I throw that on the ground, we have a traditional um, poutine gravy that we use. It's half beef, half chicken. Just we'll finish this off. Sneak Smells pretty good. The real skill, again, lies in navigating around all the photographers. <laughs> Got some fresh herbs on our fries. I just recently tried some of their butter and cheese too, and it is oh. magnifique. Yeah, I just received some, and I've been buying these mushrooms from local farmers markets, so we come full circle. Jen, is, is making butter hard? Well, we utilize a batch churn in all of our processes, which is something that you don't typically find really in this part of the country. We're really the only European-style butter makers within hundreds of miles. Um, so what we do is we get our milk, fresh local raw milk delivered in every single day, and everything we do we take completely from start to finish. So we do the separation of the cream. We actually ripen the cream before we put it into the batch churn, and it's a much slower process in order to get that European-style butter. Um, typically, American-style butter that you find today is 80% butter fat, and the and one to two percent milk solids and the rest of it's basically water um, with our particular butter we target always over 82 percent to be called european style however our batches are between 83 and 87 percent butter fat which is extremely premium butter i mean that's why you can taste that creaminess in your mouth and when you're just cooking with it you can cook at a slightly higher temperature because it has basically more fat and less water so yeah, it's it's a I I mean I have this hunk and roll and I actually just <laughs> reshared a video of their butter like machine. It's hypnotizing. It's just it turning out the butter and it just looks like this just creamy goodness. It is amazing. It is. Chef, what are you what are you drizzling? Yeah, mm. wow. That's, That's yeah. our poutine gravy. Oh. Let's finish these off with some mushrooms so here. This looks divine. Oh my. So generally our our appetizer that we serve in the restaurant we actually um, put pastrami on top that I make with cow's tongue, with lengua. 
Oh, man. Is that fat-free? That looks fat-free. <laughs> yes. For you, <laughs> fat-free, sugar-free, full of love. Thank you so much. Oh, that looks look incredible. at that. Intern Taylor, great job. Great job wow. with that camera. That's good-looking food right <laughs> he there. He is doing a great job. Are you making something else, or is that it? And um, I don't mean that to No, while you guys dig in, I'm going to make some... Uh, some uh, beef tartare for you as well while you guys try that out real quick. Mm, I'll tell oh, wow. You what, Fancy. Dion, you can dive into that if you want. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I can't eat anymore at this point. Jen, <laughs> I, why don't you eat that? Tell me how delicious it is. Petru, uh, these are your mushrooms on top, yes, right? Yep. Tell me what mushrooms you use there and how, how you so grow those bad like boys. We have some king trumpets and some oysters, possibly some lion's mane. Uh, we grow them all on hardwood sawdust and soybean poles, so we basically mix it up in a batch mixer, sterilize it, mix in our mushroom spawn, goes into incubation and fruiting, and a month later you have a mushroom. So it takes about four weeks for most varieties, eight weeks for others, and uh, it's it's great product. It's really quality ingredient substrate. We get it from a local sawdust mill that they just give the sawdust away, so it's great that it... We're able to use something that's a waste product to other people. Absolutely. Can you eat raw mushrooms? Absolutely. You just don't get as much of the nutrients uh, and vitamins out of it. You need to usually cook mushrooms to get the to break down the cell wall so your body can digest it. No kidding. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you know that, Jen? I didn't. Look, I learned something new today. Look at that. We're I all learning that. together. I would inside <laughs> of my brain, it's the opposite. If you cook it, you know, you think yeah, it might I, kill some of yep. the nutrients. Sure. But you're saying you got to break down a certain part of the mm. mushroom so your body can take advantage Correct. of said nutrients. Yes, sir. Man, Petru, not only handsome and young, but he's got a brain in his head, too. I love it. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you guys, we're uh, here at Beasts and Brews in Colorado Springs with Dion Roberts from Rocky Mountain Food Report. I've got Jen. So watch, so, right? Yes. Yep. Sawatch Artisan Foods. There you go. And then Petru. And then I, I, I lost the name of your place, Petru. Microvora. What is it? Microvora. There you go. Microvora. Chef, what are you doing here? Those mushrooms look I insane. I am slicing up Thanks some beef tenderloin. So this is one of the dishes we did for our surf and turf appetizer for Valentine's over the weekend. Some fresh beef tenderloin with a fresh made dressing tossed over it, served with some aspen bread. So we did a pre-feed dinner menu for Valentine's weekend. And a lot of people were first time guests and had never had beef tartare. And they asked if it was like tuna tartare. <laughs> I kind of wanted to slap them all, mm -hmm. but everybody that had it absolutely loved it. Um, we had a few people that were a little skeptical saying, well, you can't eat ground beef raw. I said, well, that's why we don't use ground beef. We use good quality beef that we dice fresh. Then our dressing is some fresh local egg yolks, some parsley, capers, some pepidou peppers, salt, a little bit of fish sauce, and um, sunflower oil from Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills, you do the sunflower oil too, yeah? We do. So yeah, the only oil we use in-house in our fryers, my salads, uh, saute station, everything. I literally don't have another oil in-house other than butter. Love it. Zach Kreider over there at Colorado Mills Sunflower Products. He's our guy. He's a great ambassador for a great company. Zach's fantastic. Yeah. All right, let me get some bread here. Ooh, look at that. That looks now, beautiful. I'll be honest, Chef. I'm somebody who I'm a little weary about eating You're a little raw skeptical? Stuff. You know, well, I don't know about skeptical on you because I know you and trust you and love you. You know, um, I'll eat anything you give me. You're the perfect customer then, jokes. brother. <laughs> You're the perfect customer. 
Yeah, so, oh, man. But, you know, Dion Raw stuff, right? I mean, I mean, from time to time. No sushi for you? I, I And I do eat sushi, but okay. it took me a long time to warm up to it. You know, I was a little freaked out. So I started with, in the sushi world, you know, you start out with things that are cooked, but it's sure. still sushi. Okay. Because you mentally Maybe everybody thinks day. sushi is raw fish, right? <laughs> uh, and then I graduated into, you know, eating the raw fish. But I think it's normal to be a little bit skeptical about raw products. And now you know that uh, eating raw mushrooms, you're not going to get as much as the nutrients. Now I know. I mean, that really did surprise me. Patru really dialed us in with and that. And those mushrooms are just, I mean, meaty and full. And gosh, I am just so excited to dig into the poutine and this. And Patru's a fun guy. Yeah, he is a fun guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, somebody. I think somebody we're gonna, to yeah, we're gonna set up uh, one of the indoor blocks. I think I was saying ah. my kids wanna. We want to grow some shrooms inside the house, so yep. I think we're going to check that out. That's cool. Look at this little guy. Look at that. That's beautiful. I'll grab some greens real quick. We're a whole new world for you, Jay. I know. I Who know. thought and I, You know, I, I've had um, steak tartare, right? That's what this is, Chef, steak tartare. Yes. I've had, I've had uh, it before. I just don't remember when. Um, God, that's beautiful. Right. That's beautiful. Look at that, you guys. Right. Beast and Brews, Colorado Springs. A hundred taps. Mostly beer, I'd say, right, Chef? But you have a few other yeah, uh, about 80, offerings. Yeah, about 84 out of the hundred are beer. Everything else is a variety of other great local Colorado products, including local kombucha, nitro cold brew coffee, um, spirits. We've got um, Tico tea on top now. All right, let's get a fork, man. Let's, here, let's get five forks. Here's your fork right here, brother. We got it. We get, oh, is that what's up? Yep. All right. All right, you're gonna jump in. I don't know why I'm standing back here. I'm getting too jealous. Yeah, come, come over and get some. All I don't right, know. Here I go. I don't know if I'm doing bit. this right. Do I you're pinch doing it? it right, the old yeah. school style. So here, you just take a piece, dip it in there. Mm. Wow. That's really good. And where is this from? Where is the source from, Noah? Oh. Noah's running around. That's fine. I got I'm happy. That's good stuff. Mm -hmm. Jen, you want to get in yeah, on that? It's, wow. it's really good. Yeah. Get in on that. We're running good. this on special right now. It's free for the <laughs> next five minutes. <laughs> right. Perfect. How is it? It's amazing. And that bread's not too bad either, huh? Right. Mm -hmm. Aspen's French Parisian. It's the perfect bread for my knuckle sandwich. And where do you get source your meat from? So our beef comes from various um, sources. As you know, it's hard to find one supplier for all of our beef. Um, the hard part for a restaurant um, is we, d we have what's called a box beef program. And most local ranchers um, throughout the states are, they wanna sell the whole cow and we sure. can't use the whole cow. We use more filet tenderloin, right. ribeye, than we do. so The ground beef, yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but we do get local um, brisket and chuck that you can actually see in our dry age chamber out here. So we dry age that for 28 days, and then we trim it up and grind it, and that's how we make our uh, dry age dinner burger. How do people get a hold of you down here? Beastandbrews.com. You can make reservations, shoot in a c an email, all of our contact info there. Otherwise, our Facebook page um, has everything to get in touch with us as well. 
Seven Spectrum Loop, Suite 140. We're on the north end of Colorado Springs, right by the new Top Golf being built. Bingo, bango, right there. Jen, yeah. how can people uh, get a hold of you and Sawatch? Yeah, absolutely. You can go online at sawatchartisanfoods.com. Um, we've just started expanding up into Denver as well, so you can start finding our products here locally very soon. Um, and we also do shipping and home deliveries here locally in the Springs. Um, but if you're interested in wholesale, we do a lot of large bulk sizes of our cheese curds as well as our butter. So definitely get in contact with me, and you can just shoot me an email as well. So right you guys from just our started distributing with What Chefs Want as well, yep. correct? Yep, What Chefs Want. So you can find it through their website as well for online direct ordering. I love it. Yeah. Petru, you saw the theme there. Go ahead and jump in. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, anybody can find us online at microvora.com. That's C-R-O-V-O-R-A. We we're also on Instagram. We do online orders. Uh, every Wednesday we deliver in town. So uh, hope to see you all at the farmer's market over the summer. And uh, thank you very much. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been blown away. It's a great show. We've, Dion, we've been to some really cool places. Dion Roberts with Rocky Mountain Food Report. You're all over Instagram and Facebook and, and the whole thing. Eating my way through this life. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So if you yep. just search out uh, uh, Rocky Mountain Food Report. Yep, at Rocky Food Report on Instagram or RockyMountainFoodReport.com. You can follow along and... It, Look at the pictures on Rocky Mountain Food Report and then look at the pictures on the Modern Eater and send us a message. Who's doing better pictures? Because me and Dion, I think I want to start this little rivalry just so it's a fun thing where at 4 o'clock in the morning we'll send each other pictures of, of, of chicken scallopini. You know, and be like, look at this, right? Uh, well, listen, for Jay Parker, uh, for Greg Hollenbach, who's in Florida, he'll be back soon. We miss you, buddy. For Dion Roberts, Chef Noah Siebenhaller, for Jen, and for Petru. Uh, we're going to call that a show from Colorado Springs live yes. at uh, Beasts and Brews. We'll yep. catch you uh, on the next Modern Eater show on Monday. Yep. Thanks so much. Hey.